Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. And to get us started today, I want to start with this. Um, I actually was thinking about something this week. I think it's something that uh, uh, basically most of us probably can uh, understand or agree with, those kinds of things. But there are certain things in life, just see if you can track with me. There are certain things in life that have the ability, don't they, to just pull us in. Right? There are just certain things in life that have this, this kind of this innate uh, thing that this kind of pulls us in. Uh, I, I was actually thinking about a couple things. Uh, I was talking to my wife about this last week. I said, what, what things pull you in? And the first thing she said was this, a good book. Right here, go to that. Yeah, like a good book. And this is one of her favorite authors, Karen Kingsbury. Uh, my wife is one of those Christian romance novel people, right? Likes to love... <laughs> Like hear all the cool lovey story stories and all that kind of stuff. But like for me, like I'm not a book reader. Uh, I would read a book for five minutes and fall asleep and then uh, I'd rather just watch the movie, right? Just give me the movie. But you know, I know some of you guys are bookworms, right? Like a, a good book can pull you in. Leah can grab one of these Karen Kingsbury books and she will not stop reading it for literally the entire day and read a book like this thick in an entire day. Uh, it just pulls her in, right? Uh, I was also thinking about uh, something else that can pull us in that's like a good movie right? A good movie can pull us in. Uh, this last week, we watched this, uh, The Hunger Games with our kids uh, for the very first time. My daughter, Abigail, who's right up there, uh, she's, re- she's reading the book series. And, uh, and so it was so fun for me to watch her, like, see, like, she got pulled into this movie. I mean, she knew the plot, right? She read the book, right? And yet she's jumping up on the couch and freaking out, going crazy. See, because the movie, it pulled her in. Are you tracking with me? You understand? Okay. Um, I was also thinking about uh, this one. Some of you will understand this because you're on social media, but like, you know how like social media can sometimes just pull you in, right? Uh, Is anybody aware of the chicken sandwich wars that are going on right now? Anybody aware of this, right? If you don't know what's going on right now, there's a chicken sandwich war between Popeyes and Chick-fil-A. It actually started, it was not a mastermind. You would think like, oh, maybe it's a mastermind thing of, of Chick-fil-A or Popeyes. No, it was actually started by someone on social media, right? And so they were like, oh, let's compare these two sandwiches. There were other restaurants involved, but it kind of these two uh, came to the head, right? And, and essentially, like, what has happened is, right, um, Popeye's actually nationwide has run out of chicken sandwiches, they don't have them because so many people, social media pulled all these people in and there was this war. So they were going to Chick-fil-A, grabbing a chicken sandwich. They were going to Popeye's, grabbing a chicken sandwich. And so Popeye's literally stopped, couldn't, couldn't keep up with the demand. This thing, like, it's crazy, by the way, that social media can create that much of a chicken craze, right? It's a little crazy, right? So, but, but it pulled people in, right? See, there's something in each one of those that just draws us in, um, like, right? The, the unknown ending in a book, it pulls us in. The plot twist of a movie, not missing out on the social media viral thing, right? We wanna be part of those things. I want you to hold that thought. We, what I wanna do today is I wanna take that concept, that idea, uh, to, to let you know where we're gonna be heading over the next several weeks. Today, we're starting a new series called Beautiful Things, Ways to Get Up Close with Jesus. And I'm super excited. I don't know if you can tell that I'm a little ramped up this morning, just a little bit. Uh, I'm super excited about this series because as I thought about these things that draw, draw us in, folks, I wanna tell you this, that Jesus Christ draws me in. Jesus draws me in. Uh, there's, there's something unexplainably supernatural about it, but, but like a good book or a movie, I am drawn to Jesus. 
And it's because, if you don't know this, there is a drawing nature to Jesus. Take a look at this verse. John 12, 32 says, and I, when I am lifted up, this is Jesus talking from the earth, I will draw, look at this, all people to myself. See, he's a drawer inner, if you will. Right, this is what he does. And uh, as we start this series, we're actually gonna have a theme kind of verse in this series. There's a story in Matthew chapter 26 where Jesus, he was hanging out with, uh, with a guy who was suffering from a skin disease at his buddy Simon's house. Cause you know, it's what you do. You hang out with sick people, right? Well, Jesus did, right, all the time. And, and he's hanging out with this guy and it says in this chapter that there's a woman in this chapter that I think experiences this like power of drawing in that Jesus has. And it says this in Matthew 26. It says, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. So just picture that in your head, right? Jesus reclining at this table. This woman comes in with this very expensive jar of perfume and she pours it on his head. And it says, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at high price and the money given to the poor. And then it says this, it says, aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? See, she has done a beautiful thing to me. And see, she was drawn in by Jesus, his supernatural power, all that he represented about the kingdom of God. And she was moved so much because she was drawn in so much to Jesus that she was moved to action, to do something. Didn't matter what it costed her. It was a beautiful thing. She was pulled in. Got close in proximity with Jesus and ultimately pressed in to do something for Jesus. It was this verse again. This, so this is our theme verse, this, uh, verse 10. She has done a beautiful thing to me. And so, like I said, we're starting this series and, um, and what we're gonna do, just like that woman, uh, what we're gonna do over the next several weeks is we're gonna talk over the next several weeks about some beautiful things, really some beautiful things. Beautiful things that we can do for Jesus and ultimately get close to Jesus because if you don't know, getting close to Jesus is important. It's important. Take a look at this verse. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But look at this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to be drawn into Jesus, folks, because the reality is the Bible, I believe the Bible, by the way, I believe what it says, and when it says that we can do nothing, it means we literally can do nothing. We might, we might be able to do a few things on our own for a little while, but ultimately, ultimately, it's gonna come down to we cannot do anything without Jesus. We have to get close to him. It's important to get close to him. So what we're gonna do over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about that, things that we can do. And so to do so, um, uh, I wanted to give you kind of a heads up of where we're gonna be heading over the next several weeks. So there'll be this slide that'll come up. So today is the start of our series. I'll let you know where we're gonna be heading in uh, just a little bit on that today. But next week, we're gonna do a message called Prayer, More Than a Request. Um, if you were around uh, near the beginning of when we launched the church, uh, Josh Simpson did a message on prayer, and he was talking about what prayer can do. And this message next week, we're gonna have a co-teach with me and Matt Jakeway. You're gonna get the double mats next week. Um, but, uh, but he and I are gonna talk about the, it's kind of more the how to pray uh, next week. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, September 15th, we're gonna do a message called Fasting More Than a Diet. Um, I, I have been greatly struck by uh, fasting, um, and it was something that I didn't really understand for a long time in my life uh, when I was walking with Jesus, but it's an important spiritual discipline. I think it'll be a great message. Uh, September 22nd is uh, tithing more than money, and uh, I know some of you are going, well, I ain't coming to that one. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you this. Uh, 
please prioritize being here for that week because I think tithing, uh, as much as I know it gets scary to talk about money in church, the reality is, folks, I'll tell you this up front, the church is not hurting for money financially, God is providing for us, but this is a discipline that God wants us to figure out. And so, uh, so really, just be here. I think that'll be a good, good message for you. And then, uh, Lee already mentioned this, but September 29th is our family service. And uh, we thought it would be good, since the kids are gonna be in here with us, uh, that we're gonna talk about the Bible and the importance of the Bible. Um, and that it's more than, it is more than a book, folks. It is not just a good book, a good history book. It is a phenomenal uh, spiritual tool that God has left for us. And so I think that'll be good. And then we're gonna end this series on October 3rd uh, on uh, Sabbath more than sleep. Um, and I think that we live in a culture that is, uh, doesn't Sabbath very well. And so I think it'll be really, really good. So as you can tell, I think these are, these are all pretty beautiful things. And I, I think there are gonna be some things that will be important for us to talk about to get close to Jesus. So it should be a great series. Make sure you're here every week. Uh, don't miss a message, okay? All right, for today's topic then, all right, let you know kind of where we're headed. Uh, this, today's beautiful thing is something that I think a lot of people have a, uh, a lot of different thoughts about. And what I wanna do this morning is that I, I wanna, I'm gonna actually tell you what it's about, but before I tell you what it's about, I, I want you to think about when I say the word, I want you to think about the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, what, what's the first thing that you think of when you hear this word, okay? So, so here's the word. What do you think of when you hear the word worship? Singing. Singing. Okay, music. What else? Praise, Praise God. Intimacy. Good. Um, those are all great things. Um, again, so maybe for some of you, as, you, uh, as you're sitting there, you, you kind of threw out a couple things, but maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, like church and, and music. Maybe others of you are thinking of some silent, super uh, spiritual type environment, one-on-one with God. Uh, maybe others of you, you don't really know what to think when you hear the word worship. All you're really is thinking about the fact that you're gonna go out to you know, Wendy's or Denny's afterwards and get some food or something like that. You're quite, quite distracted. But, but what we're gonna do today, uh, whatever you thought of, no matter what came into your mind, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk about and dive in to this idea of worship. Because I think it can be misunderstood um, and maybe we have a limited view of it because even though uh, uh, music is uh, included and that singing is included, it is so much more than that. And you may not know this, but the word worship is actually used over 500 times in the Bible. Over 500 times. And I'd say it's pretty important. It's, it's one of those things that's on God's agenda, if you will. I mean, if anybody, if anybody in your life would tell you something 500 times, you think it would be pretty important to them, right? right? And so this is really, really important. A couple of those verses will come up on the screen. Psalm 100, verses two and four says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 2 Kings 17, 39 Worship the Lord your God. It is he who will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. And then this last one is a little bit different. It's actually uh, kind of not realizing its importance, not doing it. It says in Acts 12, 23, immediately because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. He died. He's dead. Gone. Didn't worship God, Right? So all these things, right, I think that it's these, these verses and the things we're gonna look at today is gonna prove that really, like, this is on God's agenda, right? This is on God's agenda. And so um, I think hopefully we'll be able to figure out how to get it more on ours as well. Um, and because I'll just be really honest with you, I think that it's, all these topics we're gonna cover in the series over the next several weeks are things that I think that I'm getting better handle on as I walk with Jesus, but, um, but I, tell, I, I, I know I need to get better at. I know I need to get better at worship in my own life. And so let, uh, let's look at the text. Again, it comes from 1 Chronicles 16. We're gonna read just a couple of verses. 
It says, start in verse 23. It says this, come up on the screen as well. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory. Do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And so as we read at the beginning of the verse, right, it says, sing to the Lord. It start, so singing and music is part of it, but what we see today is, oh, it is so much more than that, and I hope it will be helpful to you today. And so our topic today is this, worship more than a song. And uh, what we're gonna do today is we're gonna explore two things beyond singing that worship is all about, really what it truly is. Um, what we need to, how we need to embrace it so that we can see this beautiful thing that God has created in worship and get close to Jesus. So before I give you a couple of those points, a couple of things to write down, if you would pray with me, that'd be great. So let's pray together. So God, we want to thank you uh, for just a morning to come and to sing to you, to, uh, but beyond that, to worship you. God, we pray that as we look into this uh, First Chronicles text deeper, God, that you would open our hearts, open our souls this morning, God, and uh, that you would plant something in us that we did not have when we walked in the door this morning. God, we don't, uh, don't want to just come today and uh, on this Labor Day weekend and have a, oh, well, we, we did our church duty today. God, we want to really be touched by you. So touch us, we pray. And not by my efforts today, but solely by the efforts of the Holy Spirit among us. Anoint this time, God. Do something great among us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we have two points today. Here's your first one. You can write this in on your handout. Beyond singing, worship is about a routine of surrender. A routine of surrender. If we go back to the text, it says in First um, Chronicles 16, 29, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And so as I was studying this text this week, uh, I, I was struck by this verse is that it kind of makes the correlation between worship and an offering, right? It's, so essentially what it's saying is it's, it's like there was, there's an offering, right? It's not about getting, but it's about giving, right? So it's not about getting some experience uh, out, of a, out of a church service, right? Or some big revelation from God, but it's simply giving, giving an offering to God, the creator of the universe, just because he is who he is, he is God and he is holy. He deserves that, by the way. And I know in today's culture, right, and that we, we are living in a very consumeristic culture, even in the context of the church, where people can say, oh, well, that church has, oh, man, that church has really great worship, or that church has really bad worship. Do you know it's not about the church having worship? It's actually about our hearts. It, 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 it's about a sign of surrender to God. And I will tell you what, whether we have great musicians or great singers, if we have a group of people standing in this building surrendering our lives to God, we're gonna have great worship. Can somebody say amen? amen. I'm gonna get passionate today, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm right up front. 
It is not about this stuff. Actually, there's, there's, a, there's a local pastor in the area who, uh, who said this quote recently. He said, true worship is not about the style of music, but a condition of the heart. It's not about the style of music or how great everybody else is. It's about a condition of the heart. See, true worship is a matter of the heart expressed, folks, through a lifestyle, not just a coming in on Sunday morning, but a lifestyle of sacrifice for a holiness through what I would call extravagant and exaggerated love for God. And living, what I would say, is an extreme and excessive submission to a holy God. I am yours, God. Do what you want to me. And then if I can take this just a little bit step further this morning, I, I, I'm, the, the, the point says a routine of surrender, right? And if you don't know this, the whole life of a follower of Jesus, by the way, is or should be a life of surrender, if, you, if, you have, uh, if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, if you're here today and you're exploring Jesus, we're so glad you keep exploring Jesus, those kind of things. But if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus and you thought that following saying yes to Jesus was like, oh, then it was gonna be just those happy, fun times and wonderful and things are gonna be great, uh, you, you missed it. The reality is, is that the, the Bible actually talks about that we have to die to ourselves so that we can be raised in Christ. We are called to death so that we can have life, not so that we can go life so that we can have life. We're called to death. Couple scriptures. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must, look at this, deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That is not a rainbows and sunshine. Galatians 2, 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then Matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Notice that, seek first him in worship and all these things will be given to you as well. See, the, the life of a father of Jesus, it ought to be a life of routine surrender. Full on surrender. And so you can write this down on your handout. True worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives and where God is on our list of priorities. True worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is, that is worship, in our lives and where God is on the list of our priorities. That's worship. And so, again, I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting today that worship, yes, it includes singing, yes, it includes music, that's part of it, but it's actually more of a routine of worshipful surrender. And so yes, singing while you're on, on, at church on Sunday mornings, yes, but also um, while you're sitting at your office, while you're also sitting at your desk at school, when you're at your kid's soccer game and the ref makes a bad call, right? Or somebody cuts you off in, in traffic to still worship God in that moment. See, a routine of worshipful surrender. And, and so I was when I was thinking about that, some of you may have heard this song, maybe, maybe you know this song, but there was a song years ago that came out by a, a band called Casting Crowns, and the song's title was Life Song. Anybody heard this song, Life Song? Some of you have heard it, it's pretty old. Um, but the chorus of that song says, Lord, let my life song sing to you. So what I want to suggest today is that, see, worship is our life song singing, singing to God. It's, it's frequent, conscious, intentional, routine surrender to God. 
So again, coming to church and, and, and helping others, praying for others, yes. When, when we're in our bi- Bible time, you know, we're, we're setting aside time, right? Surrender if it's routine surrender. Setting aside 30 minutes, an hour uh, in the morning before you go to work or at your lunch break so that, so that essentially you can worship God through reading scripture. I know um, some of you are aware of this because I've made some social media posts, again, because it draws us in, right? Um, but uh, I made a social media post, but I've actually started a um, kind of a new, in the last three weeks, a new form of worship in my life. Um, many of you know that I'm, uh, I've started to, to be on a low-carb diet uh, the last couple of weeks. And so, yes, I've started a low-carb diet because I want to get healthy. Um, Lee and I, about five or six years ago, we dropped a lot of weight. We got super healthy. And then we, uh, have you ever, um, you ever know when you go to college and they say you get gain like the freshman 15, right? The same happens when you plant a church, right? You get, you get this like freshman 15. So we, we, we just been talking about it and whatever. But so yes, we want to get healthy. But the driving thing, the, the reason why we lost, uh, I know for me, the reason I lost all the weight uh, five years ago, six years ago, and, and the reason I, I'm, I'm going after this right now is because there's a scripture that says, uh, man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I love that God looks at my heart, but when I have to stand up here and I proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, man, you all, even though it's not, you know, it may not be intentional, you're gonna look at me, and I don't wanna be a distraction to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so out of my heart's desire to have my life song sing to God, I've started now on a low-carb diet to say, yes, God, I'm gonna worship you even, even in this body, which we, you know, if you don't know, there's actually a scripture about that. Romans 12:1 says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to, look at this, offer your bodies, right? Continue or routinely surrender as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is, look at this, true and proper worship. I'm yelling at y'all this morning, sorry. I can worship in a diet. And I will tell you, I have been praying for a year for God to give me the tenacity that I had again six years ago to lose so that ultimately I could worship him with this body. Which, by the way, do you know this body's on loan? It's God's. And so I've been praying for this tenacity and my, my accountability partner, we've been praying, we've been praying, and we've been praying. And finally, like, I just feel like God said, okay, and snapped his fingers, and man, I, for the last three weeks, I'm, I'm giving up bread, and I don't like, I don't really need bread. I, I'm giving up pasta, I don't really need pasta. Now, you know, desserts are hard, you know, but. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, and the heart's desire from this is from this scripture that says, I want this to be my true and proper worship to God. See, worship is singing, yes. Worship is music, yes. But worship can also be when you're reading your Bible, when you're doing a diet. It's depending on the condition of your heart. I was also thinking about another way of worshiping. Um, I was also thinking, go back to my notes. Um, I was thinking about by worshiping God by the idea of surrender, like by surrendering people. And I know this might feel a little weird, but maybe for you, you're in a position of your life where you need to give up a toxic relationship as worship to God. Again, right, we're called to deny ourselves, right? To death, to life, right? So maybe for you, you need to give up a toxic relationship because to make God more of a high priority to worship God in your life because the reality is, right, this person is sending you into sinful things or maybe they're taking up too much of your time you don't even have time for God. See, there's something about even that that can let our life song sing to God. And here's the really cool thing about our life song, if we do this whole relationship thing, 
Our life of, uh, our life song, our, our life of worship offerings, if you will, um, sometimes what that does, not does, it doesn't just affect us and our heart condition, but it also affects other people. It, it tells of God's goodness to them. It says in our, back in our text, First uh, Chronicles 16, 24, declare his glory, look at this, among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. So declare his glory, worship out loud for all to see so that uh, we can do what is said in Matthew 5, uh, 5, 16. It says that they may see your good deeds and then look at us, they will glorify your father in heaven. See, if we worship, because see, if people can ask me like, Matt, why are you doing a car- low carb diet? I can say, because God told me I need to and I'm worshiping him with this body. See, my life song, I'm letting it sing so that people can, and I'm not perfect this, I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect, but this has been the last three weeks that I'm letting my life song sing in that so other people can hopefully find Jesus. That's a big deal, by the way. That's a huge deal. Very cool bonus, too, that people can come to Jesus because of what we're doing. So here's a question for us to consider as we uh, end this point. Do I have an intentional daily surrender regiment? Ask yourself that. Do you have an intentional, not just happenstance when you can get to it, but an intentional daily surrender regiment essentially worshiping the creator of the universe? Again, so it's not about getting something from God, but it's about giving something to him. I think it's a good question to consider, good, good thing to work towards, maybe improve on, get to a better place of worship in your own life. We actually have an opportunity for you to do this this coming Friday. Uh, many of you know this, but we have a night of worship coming up this coming Friday over Osceola United Methodist Church starting at seven o'clock. There is childcare available, so uh, there's no excuse. Uh, you should be there. Uh, no, I, I know that some of you might have some things going on, but really, I would, I would encourage you to be there and, and use that as one of your opportunities for routine, routine, I can't even say that, routine surrender in your life. Um, pastor Will, uh, who's the pastor of Osceola UMC, he's gonna give a message on worship as well. And so this is worship week here at Cornerstone. And so we're gonna dive even deeper into this idea of worship. And I think it'll be a great night. So uh, come uh, be there uh, on Friday. So that's point number one. Beyond singing, worship is about a routine of surrender. Second thing you can fill in, beyond singing, worship is about a craving for more. A craving for more. Back in the text, I get this from uh, verse uh, 29 and 30. It says, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And then underline it, so tremble before him all the earth. And I know you might be thinking, wait a second, man, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like craving for more. That actually fear, sounds like fear, okay? But I, just track with me if you will, okay? I looked up that word tremble in the original language this week, and it's this word. Go ahead and bring it up the next slide. And it's, it, they, they, the actual way you say it is haul, and it means to twist, whirl, and dance, which could describe some level of worship, but it also means, this last one, to wait longingly. To wait longingly. And so the word tremble in that part of the text is not, it's not about fear before him, not, not tremble before him in that sense, but, but hunger and, and thirst for him. Crave more of God, essentially worship God as you, as you desire life, worship God that way. Tremble before him. When I was in college, there was a, there was a, a new musical movie that came out. Some of you have probably seen it. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but, um, but it's, uh, it's called Moulin Rouge. Um, and uh, the movie Moulin Rouge, there's actually a line in the film that I was reminded of this week, and uh, I want to play this clip for you. It's this line here. Take a look at this video. 
A life without love, that's terrible. No, being on the street, that's terrible. No. <laughs> love is like oxygen. What? Love is a many splendid thing. What? Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. All right, so love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love, right? That was not the part that I was trying to get at, but the part I was going to try to get at was, it'll come up on the screen, is this line, love is like oxygen. So here's, track with me for a minute. That's what I was thinking this week. I was thinking, you know, um, see, I, I love that idea. The idea of trembling before God is the same as true um, like this line, right? Love is like oxygen. It gives life, and without it, many things will fail. See, the, like, like this, uh, the, the same is true with worship. It's like oxygen, folks. It's like oxygen. It gives life, and without true worship of our God, the creator of the universe, many things will fail. Amen? So you can actually write this in, on your handout. Uh, I made this a, hand, a fill in the blank for you. Worship is like oxygen. Worship is like oxygen, and I think we need to remember that in our lives. Years ago, I've uh, been around the vineyard m- movement for about 13, 14 years, and uh, years ago, we used to do this song uh, called Better Than Life back at, at one of the vineyards I was at, and, and the song goes like this. Lyrics will come up on the screen. It says, in this dry and weary land, nothing satisfies. Hear the longing of my soul, and then it goes like, your love is better than life. Your love is better than life. And I will sing your praise, glorify your name, bowing low to kiss your feet. And the drums go like this. Such a cool thing. Scotty's back there. We go, oh yeah, we remember that, right? There used to be a guy, Scott Hancock. He was a long-haired gray guy, a great gray-haired guy, played the bass, man, and he was like, and he would like, like this at the end of it. It was awesome. And so I was thinking about that song this week. See, I told you I was riled up this morning, y'all. Come on. <laughs> I was reminded of that song this week because, see, as much as that just brings back some cool memories of the vineyard movement for me, those kinds of things, man, I tell you what, the, the lyrics of it, can you just bring it up, up one more time? Um, the lyrics of that, right? Like, your love is better than life. See, that's true. God's love is actually, folks, better than anything else that we can experience. And we are designed by God to want him, to need him. He, Use him like oxygen. Okay, a couple of verses. Psalm 42.2 says, my soul, look at this, thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? See, we hunger and, and we thirst. It's in, our, it's in our being. It's how we've been created to desire, to desire a time with God. Psalm 63.1, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Isaiah 26, 9, my soul yearns for you in the night, in the morning my spirit longs for you. See, we are designed by God to want him, to need him like oxygen. But really, folks, it's up to us if we tremble. It's up to you, it's up to me if we tremble, if we thirst for him, if we hunger for him, if we long for him. John chapter 4, 23 says, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking, look at this, he is seeking such people to worship him. Folks, I want to be a church like that. I want to be part of a church like that. Now I debated kind of ending out this point in our talk today this way and I just kind of decided to go with it so go with me if you will. Um, 
I actually even think that it's probably okay. It, I don't even think it's probably. It is okay to actually be uh, a little, maybe a lot of a fanatic in this regard too. It's okay to be that. And if you don't know uh, what a fanatic is, I want to give you a definition. A fanatic is a person filled with excessive and single-minded zeal, especially for an extreme religious or political cause. See, folks, I think it's okay. I think it's okay for us to have some single-minded zeal craving more of God. That's not a bad thing. And I was actually thinking about, we actually have examples of this in the scripture uh, from David, right? Some of you know exactly where I'm gonna go, right? David in 2 Samuel chapter six, he was a little bit of a fanatic for God. He actually got the title, right? That he was a man after God's own heart. How many of you would want that title, right? I would. And it says in verse 14 of 2 Samuel, it says, wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. Which, if you don't know the story, he was kind of criticized for, right? Albeit it was a little weird. He was dancing around in his underwear, okay? So I get it. But it says in verse 21 and 22, it says, I will celebrate before the Lord. Look at this. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes for the sake of God. Essentially, what David was saying in this, this part of the, the Bible is that, hey, I'm, I'm trembling, man. I, I'm yearning, I'm longing for God, and I will do whatever it takes. And, and if that gives me the label fanatic, man, I'm all for it. Give me the label fanatic. I will be even more undignified than this because I am going to go after the things of God. I want to be like David. I want to have that kind of mentality of, of routine surrender and craving more of God in my life that is beyond just singing and music, but I, I really want to just really desire this thing of God. So here's a couple questions for us to consider today. How hungry am I for more of God? Ask yourself that question. I mean, really, if you're here this morning, ask yourself, how hungry are you? I mean, think about when you're hungry, right? Do you have, and, and you desire to go, you know, to do whatever you gotta do to go get more food, right? What do you have, what is it gonna look like for you to, to do that with God, to be more hungry for God? And then the second thing is, how undignified am I willing to get for him? How silly are you uh, willing to look for the sake of the kingdom of God? Because I said, the Bible actually tells, tells us that the reality is the things of God will seem foolishness to man. I think those are really good questions to consider. So that's point number two. Beyond singing, a worship, worship is about a craving for more. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.